0: Trick or treat! And what do we have here? I'm a
1: ninja. The devil!
0: Ah, uh, yes. A personal friend of mine. Now, let's see here. No robot Chucks That doom. Ah, here we go.
1: Hey, th- this isn't candy. Yeah, it's, it's just some crappy old movie.
0: Old movie. Those, those are cinematic classics. You ungrateful bat. Well, if you don't want to treat, how about a trick? Yeah! Mm, happy Halloween. <laughs> Happy Halloween and welcome to Found on Shelf, the podcast on the bleeding edge of discussing films that came out 30 years ago. I am your ghost host with the most, Patrick, and with me tonight is my co-host from the crypt, Dustin. Dustin, how are you doing tonight?
1: You know, Patrick, I am. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, just sitting here drinking some peach tea. So oh, uh, wonderful.
0: Oh, it's it's cider, but it's you no. Know. <laughs> It's pretty exciting, yeah, you know. It, I, I feel that this podcast does necessitate the need for some type of um, libation, uh, and but you know, I, I'm very excited about tonight because we're going to be doing one of my favorite movies of all time, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, and uh, so um, Patrick, uh,
1: uh, what? <laughs> I think you might have got the movies mixed up. We're talking about
0: their other movie that they did. The the what other? What other movie did they do? Shock Treatment. Shock Treatment?
1: Yeah. Are, we're we're are, not going to talk about Rocky Horror. We're going to talk about Shock Treatment. Are,
0: are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> fucking Shock Treatment? I, I I did my makeup for this. I got full face for fucking Shock Treatment? Shock tre- What the
1: We apologize for the confusion, folks. We're just having a little bit of uh, technical difficulties. Give us just one second and we'll be right back with you. Okay.
0: Shock treatment. (laughs) Don't sound so thrilled. You know, it's this is the one people don't talk about for a reason.
1: Um, honestly, I didn't even know it existed until like a few months ago.
0: So for any viewers who don't know, um, the Rocky Horror Picture Show is not a one and done movie. It did in fact get a sequel about six years later, and that sequel is called Shock Treatment. And that is the movie we're going to be talking about tonight. So I guess before we get too far into things, uh, since you hadn't heard about Shock Treatment, what's your relationship to the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I'm assuming you've seen it.
1: Yeah, I've, uh, I've seen it a few times. Uh, never went to one of the live performances. You oh. Know? I, I always wanted to in Berkeley, um, but never made it out there.
0: So you're a virgin. Okay. I am, yes. Uh, uh, at, well, at, at least we know what we're doing when I visit you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's still Rocky Horror playing somewhere
0: out here. But yeah,
1: yeah I, I've, I've seen the actual movie uh, a few times. And I'm familiar with the experience, but I just haven't been...
0: Okay, so I think if we're going to do shock treatment, we do need to lay down some context for what Rocky Horror is and how shock treatment came about. But I'll be brief. So in the early 70s, actor Richard O'Brien wrote a script and all of the songs for a play that he was thinking about called The Rocky Horror Show. It's a send-up of B-horror movies in which the Dr. Frankenstein stand in is rocking a corset and heels. And uh, instead of making just any man, he's making his ideal man. Uh, the story finish, centers on Brad and Janet, two white-bred, straight, perfect 1950s, newly engaged couple. Uh, and they wind up at Frankie's Castle and are promptly awakened to who they actually are. And the whole thing is set to kind of 50s rock and roll music.
1: It sounds about right.
0: So, Jim Sharman actually directs the original show. O'Brien is Riff Raff. Patricia Quinn, the actress, is uh, Magenta. Little Nell, Nell Campbell, is Columbia. And Tim Curry originates the role of the one and only Dr. Frankenfurter. And this is supposed to be a pretty short engagement in 1972, um, but it was a hit. It's got legs, you know.
1: <laughs> was, it, was it theatrical version a hit?
0: The, or did, the, it, did it become a hit when they
1: started adding the stage kind of elements to it?
0: Well, this is the this is the play. So okay, so, gotcha. So so this is the Rocky Horror show. Gotcha. And um, so it's it runs off. Uh, it runs in London for a while, um, and then you know it, it kind of tours around. It ends up in L.A. at the Roxy. I have that album. It's great. It's a great album <laughs> for the Roxy cast. Um, and then um, in 1975, with a lot of the original creative team intact they make the the movie adaptation of the play and that is called the rocky horror picture show and it hits theaters and immediately flops <laughs>
1: like nobody
0: yeah, nobody knew what to do with this movie the executives didn't even know what movie they had like the people who greenlit this movie didn't even visit the set until the day they were film, filming the pool orgy scene and can you imagine the <laughs> fuck you thought about when you walked in on the pool orgy scene is Yikes. the one time you were on set, like, fuck. <laughs> it doesn't work at all. And then um, in New York City, the Waverly starts showing it at midnight. I think that the first showing was on April Fool's at midnight as like a joke. That's where it finds its audience. People get high and they watch the movie and they riff at it and they make fun of it and they dress up in costumes and they act it out and they play games. It, it's, it is an audience participation show. And it finds its second life as the most popular cult movie in the world, doing the shit in cities all over. And in fact, has been in theaters ever since it opened. So I think that has been 75. So math it's, it's getting close to 50 years now, right? 46, 47 years. It has never been out of theater. So it is technically, I believe the longest running theatrical release. One of the most important people in this particular time Um, would have been Sal Piro who was one of the leading, um, voices in, in making this a thing. And he can be seen running a show in the movie fame. If you want to get a vibe for how this whole event goes. Um, if you haven't seen it live, anyone listening, I recommend you find your local cast, uh, and go because nothing compared to just doing the thing. It is my favorite thing to do in all of existence. And for the podcast reviewing public, um, I love this movie to the point where it's probably a problem. (laughs) I have, I have all of, I have all of the soundtracks. I have the final printing of the Roxy cast Uh, for Christmas. My part this year, my partner got me a a recreation of the boa they use at the end of the movie in the floor show. Um, So that's, (laughs) that's where I'm coming at it from. Yeah are so you familiar with it is what you're saying i would say, I would say i'm familiar with it in mm-hmm. fact I can't, I can't tell you how many rocky horror quotes and callbacks i cut out <laughs> of the podcast that i just casually make <laughs> and no one catches and i'm like well let me just cut it out in editing look <laughs> the, the, the thing about this movie is it's weird right it's it, it gets you both worship and make fun of it you love it for everything that it is and it just becomes just this huge popular thing and fox sees that it's popular, understands that they have a hit, and wants to capitalize that and that and make another movie. It makes sense, kinda sorta, right? Except for you're not really sure why it's successful in the first place if you're a studio executive in the 70s. And Fox still doesn't know what to do with this movie because they had that they had that TV made for TV adaptation a couple years ago and just missed all of the points, just all the way down. It's it's okay, but it's just
1: Yeah, I I that I like a week after that was over. I think everyone forgot it existed because I'd never heard anyone. There was a lot of people were upset about it and then they just were over it. I never, I never bothered with it.
0: I I wasn't that upset over it. It was was okay. It was better than the Glee version. I'm still mad about the Glee version.
1: Anything's better than the Glee version. Community. When they did their, their Glee episode, I remember uh, reading a quote. Somebody said they out Gleeed Glee in one episode.
0: (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. (laughs) Uh, uh, like Dan Harmon's like palpable hate for glee. It, it gives me life. <laughs> so that's what Rocky horror is, right? It's kind of a, it's a cultural touchstone at this point, but they want to make the movie. They want to make a sequel. So they reach out to Richard O'Brien to write a sequel and Richard O'Brien wants to write a sequel. So he does. So in 1978, a, or at least that's the earliest date I've seen attributed to it. A script comes out for the sequel. And it's called. You want to guess what it's called? Um, the Truman Show. You're so close. <laughs> uh, it's, it's called. That's just, just just to what we initially get. We're so close. Like O'Brien is like, well, we did it before Truman Show did it. I'm like, yeah, you did. But mm. uh, so anyway, yeah. the, the the movie's called uh, Rocky Horror shows his heels. In this script, Rocky, the Rocky Horror, he lives. He makes it to the. He makes it out of the rubble and brings frankenfurter's body with him on a quest to bring him back to life brad and janet are married so weird that they would get married after the events of the first movie because brad and Janet cannot be together after that movie ends there's no way
1: uh, well i mean they're they're not in the best of marriage situations so
0: you know, <laughs> yeah so we'll, we'll get to that um <laughs> because oh boy is it interesting Anyway the the, base, the script is completely different. Rocky li- Rocky lives. he brings Frank who both of them die at the end of the movie, right? So I, I'm going to spoil this movie. It's 50 years old and it's you should know <laughs> you should know what the Rocky War Picture Show is. You, sh- you should have seen it by now. So they bring him back to life using like Brad and Dr. Scott's blood or something It's really weird. Brad and Janet, they were married uh, but Janet is pregnant with Frankenfurter's child and Brad. Uh, Now aware that he's gay and struggling to stay in the relationship, it it just doesn't really work out. So they bring Frank back to life. Uh, And the plot goes off the rails at this point. Um, It's a lot to take in because, like, there appears to be some sort of talent show to claim the child. um, The resurrected Frankenfurter basically, you know, awakens the whole town to, to his way of living, we'll say. Um, I'm not sure how I want to talk about what about how the script translates all of that, because it seems a little problematic, but it's Rocky Horror. It's problematic in and of itself. And then also, like part of coming back to life involves, I think, ha- either getting blood or from virgins or something. And then one of some of some of the people weren't virgins and he dies again. I don't <laughs> know. It's, it's very it's very anti Warhol's blood for Dracula. Right. H- have you seen that? I, I have not. OK, this is a segue in a segue before we get (laughs) to talking about the movie we're talking about tonight. But Andy Warhol made two horror movies. One is flesh for Frankenstein, which also has Frankenstein making a Frankenstein's monster that he wants to have sex with. So same basic plot. Mm. Uh, But the other one is blood for Dracula. And in that one, uh, Dracula can only sustain himself with the blood of virgins. But he keeps, ha- keeps drinking people who are not virgins. And so when he does that, like the blood makes him physically ill. And he just screams at one point, the blood of these whores is killing me. Best <laughs> line ever. Great <laughs> A cinema. Right. But that's kind of the vibe I got. Anyway, Curry passed on this. <laughs> uh, yeah. I know, yeah. I,
1: I would, I'd, I mean, right. spoiler alert, I'd, I'd, I'd kind of watch that movie. Uh, I would watch it over for shock treatment. I think I might enjoy more than Shock Treatment. It sounds just...
0: I don't think it would have been good, but it would have been insane enough to where people would have watched it still. The problem with Shock Treatment's sin is that it's boring. So Curry passes, Jim um, Charman doesn't want to direct something he felt like he already directed before. So they just kind of shelved the whole thing. The problem is uh, Richard still wants to go through with it. Fox still wants to go through with it. And Richard already wrote all these songs. Mm -hmm. So what's he going to do? So he writes a second script for a different treatment of the movie, using the same songs but repurposing them slightly. And that movie is called Shock Treatment. No, it's called The Brad and Janet Show. God damn! It. This is this, <laughs> this is the second failed sequel before we get to Shock Treatment. Oh God! But but it is basically Shock Treatment. It's like like they're working at they're working at um, at a TV channel. I, I think Janet works at, Janet works at a TV studio. So does. Um, so does Betty Hapshat. They actually, they actually do live in a town. Like they, there are other locations besides the movie studio.
1: So, kind of what you're, what you're saying is, is that Richard O'Brien. Did to this movie what Charles Band does to his movies, where he creates a poster and then makes a movie about it. Except for Richard O'Brien, makes a couple songs and then rewrites a script around those songs. Cause- yeah,
0: so, well, yeah, the songs existed for uh, the Rocky Horror Show before Rocky Horror existed. Like, the, like a lot of those songs were songs he had just written and then wrote a script around them, and it got increasingly nuts as they kind of commingled. Um, I'm sure he repurposed some of the lyrics in those original songs too, but. Mm-hmm. So are we going to do a whole another episode about Rocky Horror? All right, this is going to be like a four-part episode. It's <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. This this movie was actually going to be shot on location in Denton, Texas, and this is in 1980. Um, uh, there was a guild strike, and then all the plans got scrapped, um, and they had a whole bunch of other production issues. So they come up with another script. And this, is, this one is called Shock Treatment. And Shock Treatment is rewritten to take... They're gonna, they have to shoot the whole movie in a studio now because of all the production problems. So um, Shock Treatment is written to take place entirely in a studio. So instead of having it be a town, the premise it's of Shock Treatment. Shock Treatment, which does not really come off in the film, but mm-hmm. is the premise, uh, the premise of Shock Treatment is... The entire town of Ditton is encased within a, a television studio. Right. And you are either a star who has followers and ratings or a member of the audience. And that is the only two modes of being. Oh, there's a third crew. So you're cast, crew, or audience. And those are the only modes of being. And I wonder who's watching all of this because there is no television. It's just all happening in the studio. It's very strange. Yeah, This is the... One of the problems with shock treatment is it makes no damn sense thematically. Right? The other problem with shock treatment is the way they tried to market it. If you saw the, the trailer, I believe they say this in the trailer, uh, but it is all over the posters and it was the marketing lie that it is not a sequel. It's not a prequel. It is an equal. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. See, so, so the problem is both the Brad and Janet sh- the Brad and Janet show kind of. Uh, establishes this, and it's a holdover into shock treatment. These, are This is a parallel movie. This is a different universe entirely. The Rocky Horror Picture Show events have never happened here, which is, I suppose, the reason Brad and Janet are still a thing. That's kind of weird, right? Yeah. Now, because of that, they decided that that if it's a different universe, we'll give Tim Curry a different part. And the idea was Tim Curry was going to have a dual role as Brad, of all people and fairly flavors
1: mm-hmm.
0: curry didn't want to have a dual role and curry couldn't said he, he wasn't sure that he could pull off an american accent and i have heard his american accent in one of his songs when he had a musical career and that is <laughs> paradise garage um, and it is bad so he was correct in that all right um by the way, everyone involved in this t- tried to have their own musical career. Richard O'Brien, Lil Nell, Tim Curry. Tim Curry's great. It sounds like he's a lounge singer for a Saturday morning cartoon. It is music made specifically for like five people, and I am one of them. <laughs> the other thing about this is they tried to market it and release it as a midnight movie so it would have the same exact type of following. And the problem there is you can't manufacture a midnight movie. Yeah, a you horror.
1: can't, you can't force something to become a cult
0: status. You just, yeah, it, just ha- it just has to happen. So for all of these reasons, shock treatment fails. Mm-hmm. So now that we know why it exists, what did you think of it?
1: I, uh, I was disappointed by the potential, I think more than anything else. I think like it's, it, it was capable of doing a lot it had kind of a cool idea the first like 20 minutes or so of the movie i'm like all right i'm into this i could i could get it and then it just kind of went went nowhere like it, it honestly felt like like i was i was missing some of the movie like there was a the movie that was was going on somewhere else that i couldn't see And nobody was telling me what was happening.
0: That is the problem with this. I had the same vibe and Richard O'Brien, I saw him do I saw a video of him doing an introduction to this film Mm -hmm. from like 10 years ago. And before he gets to the audience, he's like, I'm going to show you a deeply flawed film. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, I'm telling you this now so I can look you in the eye later. (laughs) So they're aware that the problem exists, right?
1: Well, you had a lot of things stacked up against them. I mean, they had to rewrite the thing a couple of times, and it's uh, okay. I
0: get it. Like, yeah. So while we're talking about this, when we dis- discuss the actual movie, I'd like to um, also re-reference because I've got it pulled up here. Who was supposed to sing these songs originally in the original Ooh. script, and how those lyrics kind of reflect and hold over? Like, because like you've heard, is it Michael Cimbalo's song? Um, Maniac, you know, she's a maniac, maniac. Yeah, yeah, Cause yeah. Because that was originally written as a piece in which it was about a, he saw a slasher movie and thought, wouldn't it be cool if someone made a song about this? So it was about a slasher movie killing people, a slasher villain killing people. So, he, <laughs> so that's why, like, 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 she can cut you like a knife.
1: Yeah.
0: There, there's holdover lyrics. All of that in mind... Uh, how would you pitch this to someone who wanted to see it in 30 seconds? Oh, Jesus Christ! Um, how, how do you sell shock treatment? I
1: don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Like, we,
0: um, we've been talking for 30 minutes. How do you sell <laughs> shock?
1: Treatment? God, you just go. You watch Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, right. How about? How about? Uh, uh, if you enjoyed the music of the Rocky Horror Picture Show, go check out shock treatment.
0: That's- <laughs> Yeah, I'll take that. The music's really if, good.
1: If you, if you wish The Truman Show had more musical numbers, have I got a movie for you? Look, it's either this or Return of Captain Invincible. You pick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> both Richard O'Brien songs, so I don't know. <laughs>
0: I I, I have I have I have watched this movie like twice this week, and I only watched Captain Invincible the one time. <laughs> but I also had to do the research on this movie this week, and I didn't have to this, forget. This is this. true. To be fair, a lot of this research I just already knew. Yeah,
1: you you knew a lot of the Rocky horror uh, stuff, mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah. this was your first time watching shock treatment
0: this is my first time watching i have put it off for years i'm like this is going to suck this is not it's not as bad as i thought it was but it it's it's not the same thing and i'll go over why i think it's not the same thing
1: yeah should i play that i do have the trailer
0: um oh for the love of god please play that terrible trailer but but i I, I do want to describe the visual component of this yeah you kind of have to is um it is like a poor it's a it's a it's a photorealistic but like badly done photorealistic drawing of Richard O'Brien and then only his mouth moves like those nickelodeon um yeah things. like the
1: Conan O'Brien bits where it's yeah. like somebody else's mouth moving
0: mm-hmm. and he is speaking to you and it is like it is like a really faded red light over it with like just it's just terrible that is what you're seeing when you hear <laughs> this
1: and then there is a little bit of description a lot of music but i'm going to keep it in there just so we can all uh check out the tunes to get us really in the mood for this movie oh shit i left the wrong <laughs> that
0: was that was I'm keeping, a bad that was I'm a bad that. trailer <laughs> i'm keeping that in <laughs> Wait
1: a minute, hold on say on That's very good. Hello, I'm Dr. Cosme McKinley. I'd like to tell you about a new film from the gang that gave you the Rocky Horror Show.
0: Shock Treatment. <laughs>
1: I'm not a with no just to suture myself. I've been a cynic for too many years. Playing doctor and nurse, it can be good for your health. I've seen clinics with
0: those gimmicks in tangy. You're jumping like a real-life wire.
1: Need a bit of shock treatment. So look out, Mister! Don't you blow your last resistor for a mister that'll mystify ya. You'll be pathetically crazy about shock treatment. Trust me, I'm a doctor. Ooh, that was Boy.
0: incredibly
1: long for a trailer.
0: <laughs> anyway, I'm probably going to cut part of that, but Jesus Christ. You can cut the middle part out of it. Yeah.
1: Just, we got to keep the end part in there. Like, like. We'll, Maybe we'll keep, out,
0: we'll keep the little Nell vibrato in there. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I did cut some out of her, so that's good. <laughs> All right. So, shock treatment. Right.
1: <laughs> Wait God. a minute
0: you know what yeah
1: so this, so like we kind of talked about earlier the 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 whole point is like this you know movie theater this is kind of how it starts off is it like a tv studio and people Mm -hmm. in there and the crowds just filling in to Mm -hmm. sit in the audience of it and then they sing a song about the city and it's denton and i was thinking holy shit is this a movie about (laughs) this about denton texas (laughs) what is going on
0: here so so, well yeah well uh the, the rocky horror picture show happens in denton uh, it doesn't specify where Denton is, but since they wanted to, um, they wanted to shoot the movie in Denton, Texas, or the sequel in Denton, Texas. You could, you could definitely imply that. Uh, but if you watched Rocky Horror, the like the Denton, the home of happiness with the hearts and stuff, is a sign. That is a sign in the background of uh, the Damn It, Janet song when they're standing outside the church,
1: oh, okay. and then,
0: and then the criminologist. When he is, when he is like telling you what is happening, the book he opens, is the case file is called The Denton Affair.
1: Oh, all right. All
0: right.
1: Um, so there were some Denton precursors before this.
0: Mm-hmm. There's also the damage Anna sequence is kind of fucked up because I never thought about it before. But like, if you watch that, they just get through with a wedding. And then as they go back into the church, the church is immediately uh, setting up for a funeral. Like <laughs> well, not even five minutes later. And the coffin is clearly a child's coffin.
1: Oh God! It's probably been 20 years since I've seen that movie. I, I'm due for a, another watch in here, but um, it's you know it. Sometimes it's the little things that are in in both Rocky Horror and this movie. It's just like those little tiny little details of weird situations that really like you think about later on that that work out well. It just as a whole didn't quite work out. And I could I could tell they weren't talking about a real place in Texas because the song they were singing said they have tolerance for ethnic races, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, but
0: I, I I almost I feel I feel like I was ironic, especially considering the song that Dan, that Janet's um, dad Janet's dad sings.
1: Um, <laughs> we'll get to that one. Ooh, boy. Oh boy.
0: Oh God, I don't. I don't want to. Okay. <laughs> As they're filing in, I'm pretty sure that Janet says a version of a line that Brad says to her in Rocky Horror where it's like, it's all right, Janet. She's like, it's all right, Brad. But they, they're walking in. Brad and Janet are now played by two different people um, because this is years later, and Susan Sarandon is not going to be in a sequel to the Rocky Horror Picture Show at this point. She she has a, a, a career that is taking off, and this movie is not advertising well for anyone, right? So, no. And the other person is... Um, Cliff DeYoung. So Curry passed on this. So they Jim Charman, who is also the director for this movie, he wanted he wanted Cliff DeYoung to play Brad in the first movie, and for whatever reason, it didn't work out, and they hired Barry Bostwick. Barry Bostwick, uh, you will probably know if from Spin City as the mayor, um, and oh, then yeah. also yeah, he's he's a great he's great at comedy. And what you probably don't know is that Barry Bostwick, the man who played Brad Majors. Uh was the first Danny Zuko on Broadway when Greece opened <laughs> Wow uh I like barry bostwick i I when, um when uh, I saw a screening with him and uh Patricia Quinn and Nell Campbell uh down here and he came in high as a kite and it was like eating people's popcorn from the stands nice. all the way down dudes. Dude's hilarious. I love him. Also, Patricia Quinn was, has clearly not had her first glass of wine. It was like the second or third by that day. An, ama- <laughs> an amazing Q and A session before the film. Loved oh, it. I bet. Um, the thing here is, uh, I, I don't think De Young is a good brat. I, I don't. I don't think he's really that funny. Uh, I think Barry Bostwick understood that that, that that Brad is funny because he's just like
1: I. I liked his his character and his role. I,
0: mm-hmm. I
1: just it wasn't it wasn't Brad, but. I liked him as that role. He did a good job at it, but it was just, wasn't Brad.
0: Also, the movie doesn't really give him a lot to do. He mostly just sits in a chair and screams. Yeah. That's another part of it. So it's mostly the Janet show. Janet, however, I don't know if you recognize her. Janet's being played by Jessica fucking Harper. Jessica Harper, uh, is more famous as Phoenix in, um, Phantom of the Paradise. Have you seen that? I have not. Okay. So that's a Brian De Palma film. It is a musical. Paul Williams wrote the music for that. It was a cult hit. It was a big enough hit where they tried to make Rocky a hit by p- pairing it with that, and also tried to make this movie a hit by pairing it with that. Actually, right. they might, maybe they tried to make this movie a hit by pairing that. I'll I'll revise it. But they definitely played shock treatment on a double bill with Phantom. The look of the Phantom of the Paradise partially inspired Darth Vader's look. Oh wow! Because he's got like this, like electronic voice simulator system. Because of his mangled body, he needs to use it to talk. And he's wearing like all black with black leather gloves and a black cape. And that was dir- as direct reference because you know De Palma and Lucas and Spielberg were all friends and hung out. So that was the thing. Cool. Uh, she is also Susie in Dario Argento's Suspiria. All right. So like, if you've seen Suspiria. Um, you might be shocked to see that she's fucking Janet, but (laughs) (laughs) Janet fucking majors. Yeah. I also thought she did a good job. I like uh, Jessica Harper. She has, she has pretty good comic timing. Her Janet is kind of believable as Janet and, and also her musical, her voice is really good for the musical components.
1: Yeah. They should have really just went with different characters so far removed, it doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> these movies are in, com- this, this movie is not a direct sequel to Rocky Horror. It is like a parallel film, but it's in conversation with Rocky Horror. And like, you need to have seen Rocky Horror and also probably know the, the things we just said about these scripts to have any understanding of what the fuck is going on in this movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and watch Rocky Horror now. That's, mm-hmm. that's my take from this.
0: Yeah, as lo- if I've given you that impression, I have done my job <laughs> in any conversation ever.
1: I mean, I don't know if that's really the best selling point of a movie. Was that it made me want to watch this other movie? But
0: <laughs> I, but if the, if the if the end result of that is just watching the Rocky Horror Picture Show again, I think that I at least have won. <laughs>
1: oh, okay. I can I can only watch RRR so many more times.
0: Oh, RRR is pretty good. Yeah, <laughs>
1: I've watched it watched it like at least one more time since
0: the, this full-on fifties camp and shock treatment from like the opening frame. Mm -hmm. Uh, they're singing Denton USA Um, the audience crane shot here is really cool though like they're all like and they have like a swooping up crane shot going up Mm -hmm. showing them all singing I thought that was fun
1: and like every other row is looking the different direction so they're
0: all Mm kind of like yeah dance together yeah first 20 minutes
1: i'm like all right i get where this movie's going and it, i didn't
0: get where it was going no 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 one does so there's a couple other things to so point out immediately um uh, betty hapshot is and ralph hapshot are both in this movie but they are now divorced uh, at the beginning of the rocky horror picture show the people who are getting married are betty and ralph hapshot which is you know why the, the call about is half shit will travel
1: yeah because i did not get that one at all but okay i guess what, now i see more what you're meaning with the in an alternate Universe kind of situation.
0: Also, the uh, the judge Charles Gray. He was the criminologist in the last movie, but in this movie, he's a judge. It's similar, but not the same.
1: Yeah, he did look really familiar to me, and I couldn't figure mm-hmm. out where. But
0: well, he's also blo- he was also Blofeld, and um, was it Diamonds Are Forever? Uh, Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah. Okay. And more importantly, he's the bad guy in The Devil Rides Out, which is based on a Dennis Wheatley novel. So, like, Devil Rides Out, nineteen sixty eight. He's like an occultist. And um, Christopher Lee has to f- has to stop him, who is like it's, it's like it's like if spies and Doctor Strange happened at the same time. It's, it's really fun, and the movie is less racist than the book. So watch the Devil rates <laughs> out, but don't read it. And I, don't, I don't want to say that it's not racist. I haven't seen it in a while, but I I but I, I watched it and said this is kind of cool, and then I read the book and I went, ooh, okay.
1: <laughs> this, is, this is coming off my shelf
0: <laughs> but yeah so it starts out it's just kind of like a, a news story showing you where they are there's a commercial ex- establishing that fairly flavors is a character he seems to be this fast food magnate who is sponsoring all of the shows and seems like he is living in the overlooking booth that watches over everything
1: yeah and the little logo for their farley's flavors it was farley's flavors fabulous fast food so yeah. it was a series of f's all in a row that it it, it was a little swastika
0: reminding of yeah design. It's, it's a little fashy yeah yeah <laughs> it wasn't well, it wasn't all the way out well, there but it was there it, it kind of goes back with this weird recurring thing that he does with uh, characters in this because um in in rocky Dr. Scott is they, they imply that he's actually a Nazi that fled Germany and is living in hiding. Cause they're, they're having dinner and Frankie says, uh, yes, Dr. Scott, or should I say Dr. Von Scott? <laughs> and then he like gets real mad. So, um, the same thing happens here is, um, Bert schnick, the host of the <laughs> first game show that we see marriage maze yeah. is clearly German. And, um, at the end of the movie, is explicitly uh, made out to be a Nazi in hiding.
1: Yeah, he uh, his voice kind of sounded like Father uh, Father Guido Sarducci a little bit, um, and,
0: and he looks like one of the Transylvanians from the movie that's just dancing around.
1: Yeah, and he's he's his his character is blind.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, but you can. You can tell that he could see he's just kind of playing. He's blind. faking it. Yeah. Um, the,
0: the character Birchnick is faking being blind for his.
1: And horribly um, faking it. And everyone believes him. So.
0: Yeah. So Nick hosts a game show called Marriage Maze, which is about couples trying to save their failing marriage. And he calls up on stage, Brad and Janet. And we have our first. Is this our first song? Well, the first song was Denton. This is the second song. Mm, oh, um, yeah. Th- this is the first good song. I, Din- I, Din- it's okay, but this song's great. It's called Bitchin' in the Kitchen.
1: Would you like to hear a little bit of it? Because I, I can't get it out of my damn head. I would hear a little bit All of right, it. just a little segment of it. Dear Blender. You won't blend into the background. Listen, you're at won't all. you help the first offender or toaster? Top up to the popularity ratings. Don't you Crying in the bedroom all
0: night.
1: Yeah, I think that might have been my favorite song. Yeah, it's there's, a one a good there's one. another one that I like too at the end, but this one is great.
0: The original version of the song is still Brad and Janet singing, but the context is they're having a fight in their house about you know how to keep their marriage together with Janet pregnant with Frank's baby and Brad struggling with his sexual orientation.
1: That makes that would make more sense than because this uh, this song was completely out of place
0: the other thing that happens <laughs> is um you can tell that if they were in a kitchen then it would make sense that they were referring to appliances they saw but since they have moved it to the tv the the film comes up with the great effect of having them just just talk about the sponsors that are that they're seeing commercial
1: yeah yeah, I could, you could tell this is a song where Richard O'Brien's like, "I'm not letting this one go. We, we're keeping this tune. <laughs> we'll make it work somehow."
0: Yeah. Well, the song is about making it work because he decided <laughs> to call a clock to, for the sake of a rhyme. He refers to an alarm clock as a micro digital awaker. Yeah. <laughs> and then immediately, immediately references something called a depilator, which I guess is a depiller, which is like, um, it's 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 basically you put it. It's this weird like handheld device that you could put over like sweaters and materials to get rid of the pills, but you're you're more or less just shaving the sweater, right? But the visual component was like a sheet on a woman's leg, which makes it look like more like an epilator, so I don't know.
1: Yeah, I had I had no clue. That one caught me kind of <laughs> Yes.
0: Yeah, so the point here is that they wanted to make the song work so much they made up a whole bunch of appliances and then <laughs> still went with it. But the the point of the marriage maze game is they call them up there and there's no real discussion or mace. or are just like, okay, uh, Bertschnick Bert says that Brad is, and I quote, an emotional cripple and needs to be uh, committed to a different TV show called Dentonvale. And Janet's like, Brad, don't humiliate me. Just go to this other TV show where you're going to be treated like like a, a, a patient. And they 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 put him in a, a wheelchair and wheel him out while. Bert stick dances around almost demonically.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like laughing. At, this is kind of where the, I mean, this is maybe 20 minutes into the movie and this is really where it kind of just takes a, I don't know. It just kind of goes off a deep end and just doesn't quite find its footing again. But
0: no, uh, because this is clearly like a lot of the rest of this movie would make sense. if It was set in a town instead of in a, a entirely in a TV show. Yeah. In, like in the original version, he's sent to, um, he's sent to, a, a an institution deal yes, with instead it. he's he's yeah. like
1: you said he's thrown in a wheelchair and kind of are uh, mm-hmm. pushed into it and the guy that's uh from the from the rest home that they call it it's pushing him around who's uh, mm-hmm. a character named ricky mm-hmm. was drop dead fred was it yeah i missed that uh rick rick mccall he was also on the uh, yeah. young ones uh love that guy um yeah, he was the he was like the the male nurse guy the whole movie.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, the one that um that um little Nels put in the moves on later. Is so the whole one? time
1: I'm like, drop dead Fred. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's not face. That's <laughs> all I could think of. <laughs> uh,
0: a couple things I want to point out here that the movie does do well. Um, Bert Schnick's the, the the TV effect is really cool. So the movie alternates between being a film taking place on a set and then showing you in a. Uh, affect what it would look like on your TV at home, right? Because the signal's going out to people's televisions, presumably. So it goes from being a, a film to like having read lines and scan lines and being blurred and slightly obscured and looking like a TV set, which is mm-hmm. kind of cool that they did that effect. But more importantly, what they, what is really cool is um, how well they simulated, it because Bert Schnick's makeup is like stark white, clown white almost in oh, and real it's, life.
1: It's a, it's a horrible job at like blending. It's like... On yeah. his jawline and up, it's, <laughs> and everything else is a it, different it, shade.
0: It, it it looks like what it looks like when I actually do try to do makeup for Rocky. <laughs> <it's laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. That is what it looks like. But on screen, it reads on on the TV effects, it reads perfectly, yeah. which is about to highlight how uh, like you had to be like overly made up to like read correctly. Right. I thought that was cool. So I'll give that to them. Uh, And then like immediately the tone changes too, because he's like dancing. He's like, "Uh, they are committed. And then like the, the, it cuts and he's like, as are we all.
1: Like if you, if you just watch little parts, it's better than the whole thing.
0: That's the problem, but you know the thing is, like, yeah, the Rocky Horror Picture Show is an adaptation of a play that they that they ran for years, and not only did they ran, they workshopped it because it evolved and changed. They like added and deleted songs and changed the way they approached the stories and the jokes over time. So while it was basically all together, all there together, the original uh, uh, London recording, like it changes by the time it makes it to the Roxy cast, and by the time it makes it to the movie, there, are, oh, yeah. there are changes. There's no process of that here. There's no audience feedback. There's no seeing what does and doesn't work. There's no getting to know anything. This is just written for the screen by people who worked specifically on stage.
1: Yeah. Cause I mean, he's, he's not an experienced film screenwriter. He's just kinda <laughs> it's just kind of, it's kind of went, and I, you know what? I think that, God, that actually would have been kind of cool if they did a shock treatment, like theatrical run, like, you know, theater where they had the audience being just watching this thing happen.
0: They were talking about it in the early 2000s, but it never manifested, probably because uh, this movie- It
1: needed to be done before this movie was made. Yeah,
0: so you could fix it. yes (laughs) (laughs) yes <laughs> <laughs> so uh well you know uh, o'brien told the story where he is like he, he gave it to the the uh, film producer and the producer's like oh this is one of the best scripts we've ever seen we're greenlighting it and then he got Charmin on bard and Sharman's like we have to throw this entire thing out and start over and the, <laughs> the script that we got is the one that got started over on so god knows what this looks like originally i well you can read the brad and janet show script and i think you can get I don't know if you can read Rocky Horror Shows His Heels. You can read, I believe, uh, Return of the Old Queen, which is the second attempt at the or the fourth attempt at a sequel to the Rocky Horror Picture Show that was. Uh, written and failed after shock treatment failed so they tried again after shock treatment all right they wouldn't let it go yeah so, i
1: guess you gotta you gotta keep trying you you, you found that lightning <laughs> one time and now you just you're just chasing it okay so the plot uh-huh. of the
0: movie so far is that brad and shannon um they they went on the game show they mm-hmm. their marriage has a problem they're getting committed to a different tv show that is taking place in a psychiatric hospital it's called dentonvale it is ran by a brother and sister played by uh, O'Brien and Quinn, and they are incestuous. I got to tell you, the
1: first, the first time I missed the fact that they were brother
0: and sister. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and then I, when I went back and we watched it, I was like, eh? after seeing the scene with the windows, I'm like,
0: oh. And so the, the thing that I want to point out here is, um, this, is another, this is another Rocky thing because Quinn and O'Brien play um, play Magenta and Riff Raff, who are brother and sister and also lovers. Hmm. So it's the same it's the same bit. They used it over again. Yeah. So they keep doing that throughout this whole movie.
1: Yeah, I. I yeah, okay. I mean, you just they just tried to adapt it, I guess. But
0: uh, Yeah, I'm not sure if it was meant to be like 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 some sort of weird parallel or if he thought it worked the other time. So he's just gonna do it again. I'm not sure why it exists this way, but that is the movie we have. And then and then uh, at this point, Nell Campbell is a, is a nurse who comes in. And wheels Brad out. They uh, they basically, the minute they get Brad there, they start drugging him. Oh, To, to shove make it, a
1: needle right in his neck.
0: Yeah, and they just completely <laughs> incapacitate him to make it look like he's having some sort of episode and needs to be committed. So Janet leaves him there after another musical number and then goes to see her parents. Her parents, meantime, also had a guest spot on Marriage Base where they were trying to see what the problem with Brad was. And by guessing correctly, they won the opportunity to live for a week in a different TV show called Happy Homes. So now Janet goes from the set of Denton Vale to the set of Happy Homes to get some guidance from her parents. And if that sounds weird and stupid, <laughs> that's because it is.
1: Yeah, and it's it's uh it it's 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 one of those that you really have to like think about what's going on. It's not really spelled out for you. I mean, you see them. You see them on the game show, and then next thing you know, they're in this like happy home thing. And you, you know, you've got to put two and two together to figure out. Oh, oh they won this opportunity to be on the thing. Like that. It, that's another thing that I did not catch the first time, and then I caught it again later. I'm like, oh, okay. That's it's 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 a lot of it's a lot of things that are trying to push the viewing audience to rewatch, but they're not making it good enough to actually rewatch. <laughs>
0: Rewatch. It's it's because it didn't clearly convey it the first time. And it, a part of it, a part of the clear conveyance problem is just how confusing everything is. So your brain is like trying to grasp onto whatever it can and yeah. it's missing other things. So this is a basically pointless scene that just, that just serves uh, to, to as like a, a spotlight for um, Brad's dad to sing a really, uh, <laughs>
1: Well, hold on. I I had to I had to clip out two things from this part
0: right here. Oh God. Okay. I'm
1: not I'm not clipping out that one part. Okay, we're good. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm clipping out one of the one parts, but not the big part. Okay. Uh, So, uh, yeah, her 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 dad's there. He's got golf clubs and he's like golfing inside the house and and she says, oh, why you know why can't you be like so and so? I forget what the guy's name was and and he's like he's a fine upstanding young man and blah blah blah. And then the mom was like. Yeah, he was found nude in the back of the bakery, and the dad's like, "Oh," and he's like, with fifteen other men, and the dad's like, "Oh," and then Janet adds in Mexicans, <laughs> to which he storms out,
0: and then, and has, then to, <laughs> has to sing a song about his manhood, and then
1: his his wife now he doesn't like Mexicans. <laughs> the entire
0: audience <laughs> cheers.
1: Oh yeah! You shouldn't have said that. Why? Your father doesn't like Mexicans.
0: Considering this was supposed to take place in Denton, Texas, I get where he was going. (laughs) Like a lot of this movie is supposed to be like, 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 like commentary on American culture. It just doesn't always land.
1: Yeah, and then and then I did I did clip a little bit of the song just so you could hear the dad singing and about being a man. Uh, It's just just, just a short one. should call the toss wear the pants and be the boss a man should be the drake for his own damn sake and men should be the misters and the masters of their sisters a man should be the reason for a heart to break then, yeah that song kind of goes on and on and really just toxic masculinity type crap that unfortunately we're really familiar
0: with at this day and age yeah, and it ends with an F slur. So. Yeah. So this song exists ex- 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 yeah. is basically just a, whole, a complete holdover because Harry sings this song in um, it, originally in um, Rocky Horror, so sh- shows his heels. It makes more sense in context because he's criticizing Brad, who is in this one. The problem is not that he's being committed; is it's that he is struggling with his sexuality.
1: Yeah, in that context, the song makes more sense.
0: But yeah, so that's that's where we're at there. <laughs>
1: He's mowing AstroTurf. He's just walking right. around mowing AstroTurf.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a full-on Brady Bunch moment.
1: With, a, with like a military helmet on, just because he's a man.
0: Cosmo is the, is the name of the brother. I forget the name of the sister. They're both the McKinley's. Nations. Cosmo and Nation. I don't get where the jokes were coming from with the McKinley's. I really don't. But
1: uh, It did have a reference to it later on, but it was still a joke that went nowhere.
0: Yeah, I, d- I don't know where they were going with this. But anyway, Bert's there with them. My first and thought was it
1: said McKinney, and I'm like, another Texas reference, but then I was like, oh, McKinley, never mind. All right. Although there is a guy in the background, uh, one scene that has a shirt that says Grand Prairie on it. So
0: Yeah, I think they were going for it. I think they were definitely trying to make Texas-based comment- commentary, but they were doing it from London, so I don't know.
1: <laughs> they just looked at a map and went, yeah, sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, the jokes both a lot of the jokes land still just because eh, Texas is Texas. <laughs> and and to be fair, Denton does feel like some place you should escape. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, a lot of this it gets blurry when you're trying to talk about it. But Cosmo and Nation are talking with Bert, and Bert is like, "Well, I actually, like Janice not the real reason I'm trying to get him committed." Fairly flavors our sponsor it Brad specifically committed. So I'm pulling strings and he's going to end up funding your whole show and it's going to be great. Right. Uh, um, there's a great joke here where, um, where Riff Raff, sorry, where Cosmo going full Riff Raff gets super angry at this for no reason. And it's like, he's trying to take advantage <laughs> of my weakness. And Patricia Quinn, who is actually the best performer in this movie, just has this really cutting remark. She just looks at him. And like, I don't think he intends to go that far. And it's <laughs> aces, oh, well,
1: not just a king.
0: That's the next scene, right? They have this, and then they bring oh, in Janet.
1: But wait, you—you, you, uh, we did skip over the one scene that was a really quick one, just because it had a really great line that I had to clip. Um,
0: oh, so right. you, had
1: to, you had the judge the guy that played the judge, and then the his
0: the lady of what was her name, Betty Hapshot. There you go. Um, just an hour ago, she was playing old Betty Monroe.
1: Yeah, so they're upset that they're getting they're you know they're getting uh kind of booted off to the side and their ratings are going down so they're not as important anymore is what i'm guessing is going on like their show is going to be canceled because they're not great so anyway uh, there's a new morning show with like the younger guy and girl and they're kind of taking over the the, the, the line and, w-
0: and one of them is her hu- her uh ex-husband her ex-husband right and ralph Hapshot,
1: who yells she goes out and yell at
0: shove it oh you shove it too Betty. Alimony is just another word for rape. <laughs> just <laughs> just mind-boggling. <laughs> oh like, like, oh my god. Okay. Alright. <laughs> just stop you in your tracks. The other thing about this scene though is you pointed this out to me that sitting on the desk is a cover of a magazine. And on the cover of the magazine, it says like "cult movies," and it has the poster of um, uh, for the Rocky Horror Picture Show with Frank and on the lips.
1: Yeah, it was uh, Time Magazine's uh, just a whole issue about cult movies, and they just decided to throw it on there. I thought that was really cool. So now we got the now we got the you're looking at an Ace song. So we're getting um, Farley.
0: Janet comes to visit, and then they wheel a TV in for Fairly Flavors to sing a song. Um, this whole this, this is another part of why it should have been a, a, a stage show first. The choreography makes no sense. The, <laughs> the way they're dancing on this is just <laughs> it looks like they were trying to figure out how to do it. Like, like um, I don't know what Columbia's fucking character name is, but like Nell Campbell's on top of the TV trying to kick and be sexy on top of the TV, and it's not working. Um, yeah. And Nell Campbell is sexy, so it's, 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 it's the choreography is really bad.
1: Yeah, and she's a by the way, she is a nurse in a very short nurse's outfit with no pants on, just undies yeah. hanging out. So it's, mm-hmm. she's got the whole sexy
0: nurse five. Just, just dialed t- up to 11. Yeah. The, and then fairly is singing from the TV, like a live feed. And his song is called, uh, you're looking at an ace. I hate this song. It's my least favorite song in the movie. <laughs> um, but can yeah. you, can you tell who was supposed to sing it originally?
1: No, who was, who was that one?
0: This was going to be Frankenfurter's song.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Um, and the, th- like you can kind of tell a little bit because like I feel like Krysta Young was trying to like imitate some like Curryisms in his performance, like the way he like kind of like moves his face in menacing ways, not necessarily Frankie, but definitely like like eighties period Tim Curry.
1: Yeah, he saw what worked and tried to go for it,
0: mm-hmm. and it just yeah,
1: it wasn't it wasn't uh, the best song. It's but I. I I liked the, the concept of it. The guy singing on the TV while with the other people interacting with it, because it's supposed to be all like meta TV, TV. Mm-hmm. So I thought the, the, the concept of the song was, was well, the, the concept of the choreography was great, but the mm-hmm. actual choreography and the actual song, not so much. And, and Janet's looking at him like, oh, this is, this is the greatest thing ever. Like She's getting all worked up for it.
0: Okay so this is this is another thing i want to point out they wheel him out the room janet so like, I, I want to see brad and they're like well no brad doesn't want to see you he doesn't love you anymore you need to be more famous and she's like shit now i, I guess i need to be can i i need to be more famous can i be more famous right and the camera cuts out to like a close up of her face and she's thinking kind of hard and then she like slowly turns to the to the camera with like a smirk on her face. This is a direct callback to a shot in um Rocky Horror in the during the touch a touch a touch, touch me song All right. right right before she fucks uh uh the Rocky Horror. All right. Like I said this whole movie is just littered with stuff like that.
1: Yeah, it's 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 I it's funny cuz I'm I'm going to go back and watch Rocky Horror and I'm going to see a bunch of stuff that I in shock. Doesn't mean I'm going to go back and watch Shock Treatment again, but at least I'll be like, "Oh, okay." So she wanted to go home and they said, no, you're not going home. You're going to be on the morning show. So you need to stay the night here. And then they do this kind of really cool uh, shot of all the people like sleeping in their rooms. And they, it's like all the, the bricks are all blue and it's just a panning shot that goes to all the open windows. Do you see, see everyone kind of getting ready for bed?
0: Yeah, I like this scene. It's the play of the camera going through the brick wall exterior to see the, in the windows and seeing everyone's different room. and They all have different verses. It's really good.
1: Yeah. It was, it was, it was cool. Um, uh, it, it, it pans first. It starts with her, uh, with Janet kind of getting ready. Mm-hmm. And then we pan over to the, uh, to the blind guy, uh, mm-hmm. just sitting on the edge of his bed the entire time, like a creep.
0: Again, that it, that actually works for his character. Right? <laughs> oh, it's fantastic.
1: And then it cuts over to, uh, to Cosmo and his sister and him kissing on her
0: thighs. You know, she has, he has a riding crop.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that
0: that like and she is she is she is in like a bustier. He has a riding crop there. Not pulling any punches with what's going to happen in that room.
1: But really they they I mean they show him like kissing her thigh and then the camera goes right back to where it was going and now you see blind dude sitting there still and you see uh it goes down to the uh the j- Fred guy uh, mm-hmm. taking polaroid pictures of the sexy nurse.
0: And now Campbell doing that that voice she does. Yeah, and
1: uh, and then Janet going to sleep, and then it goes back to uh, Cosmo and his sister, and mm-hmm. his sister smoking a cigarette, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is just great.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I I like this whole sequence. It's it was great.
1: great. And then it and then it and then the camera just keeps going on because normally it would bounce back, but it kept going on, and it's just Brad tied up in a in a wheelchair <laughs> with a mouth gag on, and <laughs> just rocking in place. It was I, I thought it was a great great whole segment of everything.
0: Yeah, this song doesn't appear in um the original, and I don't think it appears in the Brad and Janet show either. No, okay, no, so, no. It do, it does, it does, it does appear in the Brad and Janet show. It's all the same people singing it. So, all right. oh, I think the nurse's name is Anselong. That's right,
1: Anselong. Salong. So, That's, okay, but it, didn't it, it's this weird part. So, like everybody's sleeping. Yeah. um, like the the audience is all asleep on each other.
0: Yeah, that was, again, it gets that weird thing where it becomes surreal in a weird, strange way because no one can go home. So the audience is all passed out asleep in their seats in the bleachers.
1: Yeah, and then that lady's reading the book to the judge and he falls asleep. And then there's this line, there's this police officer that walks up and flips a power breaker on and then says,
0: Does this bird belong to you? (laughs) I didn't get that at all.
1: God damn it. That was my question.
0: Surgeons. <laughs> that. that was the question. <laughs> that was my question. I'm so sorry. I don't know what the fuck that was about.
1: Does this bird belong to you? <laughs> <laughs> it made no sense. So with the police officer she yells that line. She screams at the top of her lungs. And that's it. And now we cut to like an alarm clock going off where the blind dude is still sitting on the side of the bed. so he'd been sitting there the entire night
0: so now they're going to the the plan of this is um they want to they want to like convince her to go with fairly flavors instead of brad the way they're going to do this is to first make her a very popular star and then also drug her out of her mind. so lots of stuff to digest with that but (laughs) the first thing that they want they want to make her a star so they have to convince her to want to be a star. They've convinced her they do, that she needs to, do, to drive her ratings up. So she leaves the shower and goes to a wardrobe room wherein Cosmo, who we are supposed to at this point believe is a, is a, is a mental health care professional, just, some, just casually strolling around the wardrobe room with sewing machines, is, if he knows what he's doing, which is a weird setup. We do, however, learn something else about Cosmo, which would make this make a little more sense. But the song they sing next is Little Black Dress. So I need to step outside the bit here. Obviously, I knew we were doing shock treatment. <laughs> when we talked about possibly doing shock treatment, we was like, am I really going to watch this movie? Uh, i pulled up a couple YouTube videos of the scenes for some of the songs. And the first one that I pulled up was Little Black Dress. And I watched it, and I knew a couple things immediately. One, the music is actually pretty good. Yeah. Two, I was going to hate this movie. <laughs> and three, I really wanted her outfit. So, <laughs> at that moment, I knew we had to do this film. <laughs> so let's let's talk about little black dress. Frankie was supposed to sing this song. This is clearly a Frankenfurter song, right? Yeah. Like you could like like the uh, ever since I was a little boy, dressing up is my favorite joy. And then he starts singing about wearing a little black dress. It's clearly a Frankenfurter song.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: And like when it gets to the, the, the chorus, it's kind of fun with the, the rip, rip, rip and the zip, zip, zip. I like that, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Then she comes out in this dress. Now, the song says that ends with them going that criminal, minimal little black dress. And mm-hmm. you did watch this movie, right? Yeah, I did. Is anything about this dress minimal?
1: Um, I mean, there's not a lot of material.
0: So the thing, about, the thing about this dress is that it is split all the way to the hip. It has, it has one split arm. Split to
1: the hip, hip, hip,
0: please. Yeah, split to the hip, hip, hip. Yes, of course. <laughs> and, then, and then it has one long arm and then one short arm. And it is covered in sequins all yeah. the way up. It's extra. All sequins. With like, and the, then she has a giant sequined hat that goes on top of it and uh, and lips and like elbow gloves so like this outfit is insanely extra there is nothing minimal about it it might be criminal it is not minimal no. and it's just like uh, amazing dissonance between the like the lyrics and what you're seeing visually on screen which happens a couple times in this movie
1: yeah and now that you're saying you know a lot of these songs were written on for a different script it, it makes it makes more sense <laughs> it doesn't mean it makes sense but it makes more sense than before. So, yeah, she gets that black dress. Uh, the audience wakes up. She sings a song in like knee deep fog with some. Backup dancers wearing tutus?
0: I call this song the Miss Piggy song. Oh, yeah. All because right. it is strong Miss Piggy energy. The song is me of me. It's like, it's very me of me. Yeah. And then she starts singing in French halfway through for no reason. And then starts just out saying moi later. And they and like she's, she's dancing, but not really that well. And stuff's kind of going wrong. And she's like knocking over the set as she gets more <laughs> into it and into herself.
1: Took the guitar, just started rocking out.
0: Yeah, the whole thing to me really felt like Miss Piggy. Oh yeah, 100%. So that's where I came away with from this but, sequence.
1: And then, and then uh Farley is up in his little rafter watching and I swear he's like he's got some plutonium killer vibes to him. So I was going to see this the, the the Farley guys up there watching this and he's like licking his teeth and he's getting all into it. She's whipping her hair around and he's just mm-hmm. he he reminded me of the uh plutonium killer from <laughs> New York Ninja.
0: He is clearly having an orgasm but like one of the the like, most visually unappealing orgasms in movie history. Like the Plutonium Killer. Yeah. And then like at the end he's like thumbs up. It's <laughs> weird. No, it's like no, it was finger guns with like a clicking sound which
1: Also speaking about vibes, um Cosmo gave me a strong uh dean from community vibe or I should say, the dean from community gives me a strong Cosmo vibe since it came afterwards. But <laughs> <laughs> it was a very similar kind of character there.
0: It was a very attention to detail <laughs> or attention to detail. How would he? How would he do? It? He would choose the most, the like the worst one possible. So I, I think Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, oh, we're at here. This is the other line I had to cut because it was a great. Album. Back in Brad's cells, and now Janet's parents are coming in there. And like they're all of a sudden concerned with how they're treating him, asking him, like, well, you need to, you don't need to have that gag in his mouth. You can give him some drugs. And they're like, we gave him all we had. And, she, and he's like, well, double it. And she goes, we did. And he's still there. And then she comes, Janet comes walking in.
0: Hi, mommy. Hi, daddy. Hi, Brad. I've just come to tell you how fabulous I am. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line so much I'm just going to enter rooms like that from now on I'm just, I'm just going to open the door. It's like I've come to tell you how fabulous I am
1: and then just walk out
0: just walk out
1: <laughs> yeah so uh so that was that was a good and that line comes back kind of later on when he's thinking about it over and over again
0: yeah right before they have um the song called looking for trade
1: mm, yeah oh,
0: wow uh-huh. uh, <laughs> uh, yeah yeah uh, that was that was one of the, the, the this this song is shock treatment. It's it's the title song. I think it rocks. I like shock treatment.
1: Yeah, it's a fine song. Uh,
0: nothing, it's
1: nothing, nothing horrible. It's not my favorite, but it's not a terrible song. It's catchy. The,
0: cor- the choreography is almost good too. It's not, but it's almost there. <laughs> so like Brad cell is a circular cell for whatever reason. He's just like in like a, a bird cage. Form. They all do choreography around the cell. Like Nurse Anselong is like crawling on top of the cell. Yes, she is. Bert's glasses come off, and now he's just now he's not pretending he's blind anymore. He's acting like he's been given the gift of sight from Janet. From Janet, <laughs> lightning is happening outside, and then it keeps coming back to Janet, like in everyone's lap, and in a, a just kind of a w- splayed out with like like um flashes of light for photography. I like all of it; it's great. Yeah, but it could have been better, but it was pretty awesome. It's I think a high point of this. One of the high points of this movie would have been that one. But now we're off the other side of things where things have to start coming unglued quicker. So Janet lets fame go to her head and also gets more. it starts to get more aggressively drugged at this point.
1: Yeah, they're like dumping a bunch of little pink drills into a
0: little or
1: pink uh, pills into a little margarita glass and just, uh-huh. <laughs> just yeah. giving it to her to knock her
0: out. Mhm and then so she disassociates she's like so that's basically all that happens at this next few points is like fairly flavors wants to have his 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 big scene tonight with his new tv show janet is having like the whole uh, i've risen and now i'm falling sequence at the same exact time mm-hmm. and she's she's drugged out and depressed and she disassociates herself into a song called looking for trade mhm it is a duet with Brad. Uh, Brad will say he's looking for love. And uh, Janet says, I'm looking for trade.
1: What the hell does that mean?
0: She's looking for sex. Specifically, she's talking about hooking up with male prostitutes. Okay. Have you you not heard the term rough trade? No. Oh, okay. We
1: must not travel in the same circles.
0: I think that's <laughs> obvious at this point.
1: <laughs> no, okay. That, uh, I, I guess that makes sense. But that wasn't... Well, but that's not what she was really looking
0: for. She was looking she wants to have sex with people. Yeah. And I think that's really all that we're supposed to but get at. I out think of that. at
1: this point she's really just looking for the fame so she can get to go see Brad again. I I
0: think that that, kind of
1: I think the plot just fell apart. I, I think the plot. I
0: think the plot is divorced from this song. I think he wrote, I think they wrote the song, and they're like, "Well, we want to have it in there." I don't really think that the song really fits with where she what she's doing right now. But I don't know. Maybe she, maybe she just wants to have a good time. Kind of part of this movie also is trying to do like like pair. I guess parallels of their of of some of their their story structure from the last movie because like. Janet becomes a sexually awakened being through the course of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm-hmm. They both do. It's just Janet becomes in touch with her sexuality uh, and into herself. And Brad has to confront that he is gay or bi, but clearly not specific- specifically heterosexual, right? Mm-hmm. So it's two separate things. But like this one it seems to me like Janet becoming like aware of herself and coming into herself is still kind of something they want to do. But they don't really have the same framing for it i don't
1: know so we'll go from her wanting to have a happy husband to uh just looking for some trade mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> miss piggy looking for some, <laughs> looking yeah.
0: for some trade <laughs> hey i i didn't write it i just i just recontextualize Maybe it
1: you learn something new every day on this fine program <laughs> 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 um
0: but the, so there, there, the whole thing is careening towards the big TV reveal at the end of the movie. It's called. There's a new TV show called Faith Factory, where Faith Flavors is going to unveil a new product, and Janet's going to be going to be crowned like queen of mental health, and 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 is going to get his revenge, and everyone's going to be inexplicably happy for some reason for like vague descriptions of what is supposed to be happening in this movie but the whole thing is careening on a crash course for the episode the airing of the new TV show Faith Factory with uh, Ralph Hapchat.
1: Yeah, and and meanwhile the Betty Betty Hapchat and uh, the judge are are trying to find out a little bit trying to dig up some more information. Mm-hmm. And they pop onto this old computer terminal with the black and green screen and look up information um mm-hmm. about uh Cosmo, and apparently every everything they used was a president's name. All all their aliases. There was yeah. Harding, Hoover, Coolidge,
0: Fillmore, and of course McKinley. McKinley. All right, so a, a lot of this, the, the, the next couple things might have happened in the exact chronological order, but I have to like say them because it's like a fever dream anyway. They see that, and then they determine that they are character actors. Yeah, they're not surgeons. That's kind of funny, but they don't do anything with it.
1: Yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> oh my God, character actors! And yeah. it
0: just cuts and gone. All right. So the next scene we get is called, is a song called Look What I Did oh. to My Id.
1: Oh, but wait. She's, first she searches for Farley flavors. This is where we find the twist.
0: Uh, it's actually, I think it's actually, no, you're right. It, it is here. And then then later, the, the next scene is breaking there's, out. So yeah. yeah.
1: And then there's Oliver drilling the bits.
0: Yeah, so the, the, what they're talking about is um, there's a twist here where you where, where you weren't supposed to know, even though it's played by the same actor. But here you go, Fairly Flavors and Brad Majors are actually twins that were separated at birth and adopted by different people.
1: Yeah, Farley went downtown adoption
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and Brad went uptown adoption.
0: And so uh, now Failure has a fast food empire and wants to take revenge on Brad. He also wants to open a chain of... A chain of mental health clinics, He's, but like and wants to be the fast food of mental health. I'm not sure why this is a bad thing or how it is nefarious, but it is. Yeah,
1: I'm like, you know, that,
0: that, that
1: wouldn't be so bad right now.
0: Cheap, cheap accessible mental health care? I, <laughs> I don't, don't do see that. the problem.
1: Just driving and just sit in your car for like 10 minutes and yapping with somebody, and they go, oh, you know, all right, cool, thanks. And then just mm-hmm. driving off. That's
0: mm-hmm. not a bad idea. No, so I don't. I, it, it's basically Better Help, but <laughs> right. I don't, I don't, I don't know why it's a bad thing, but it is. Uh, it, it's inexplo- like it is like definitely a bad thing when we get to the end of the film.
1: Yeah, I think his his version of it is not great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, um, but here, so the, we're getting ready for uh, we're getting ready for this show for Faith Factory, and everyone's getting dressed in new scrubs, new scrubs, Wonderful, yeah. Yeah, all white stuff. Also, and it's called "Look What I Did to My Id." And with a name like that, it is the most disappointing song of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, there, by the way, there's a there's a painting of American Gothic in the background here.
1: Mm.
0: Um, and if you, in the beginning of Rocky Horror, Riff Raff and I think Quinn are dressed up as the characters from the painting American Gothic during the Damage Janet song. All right. They're actually who bring the coffin in. They clean the church and bring the coffin. In. So this song is pointless. It would be kind of fun. There's some, there's there's a couple of visual gags, like like uh, Nurse Anselong has a normal sized skirt, and so, so when when it pans over to her and she's singing, she's ripping it so it's shorter. Right. <laughs> but like this, this 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 sequence highlights problems with this film that have been persistent through the whole thing. One is the lack of visual understanding of how to present, like, the visuals that go along with with, it, with these songs and the choreography because it's all just boring. They're just, like, dancing in between uh, clothing racks and they're walking around with mirrors. It's not exciting, right? No. But also, like, while it is true that this was still going to be, like, the people of town singing this song, I think that this, and the other one, would have been, like, like while they're all like in lingerie or something. it would make a little more sense when they have lines like legs were like mine were made for dancing. But in this movie, (laughs) this movie, uh, draft dead Fred says legs like mine were made for dancing, but he is dressed in orderly scrubs and just kind of like half heartedly kicks at the camera front facing. There's no kick line. There's nothing sexy. There's nothing out of the ordinary. I'll tell you what this, what, what this, what is wrong here. The Rocky horror picture show. Is very gay. What? <laughs> um, these it is written by a queer person. Uh, these songs are still queer. Hmm. The movie is not. <laughs> like, everything about this movie is just very like straight, plain, boring. Like it's it, it it is the Brad and Janet version of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. It is Brad and Janet centered. So you hit this weird disconnect of like songs that are about things that the movie is not really translating because the next song breaking out is just a straight up coming out song oh. like literally like i i i um i had a lifetime in the closet and that's a long time in deposit but i'm breaking out yeah that's <laughs> like it's it's not even subtle but they've recontextualized it to be uh this the, the, so they're gonna have faith factory they go on faith factory and Oscar drill and the bits of the band is in faith factor. Oscar Drill and The bits is a band comprised of teenage fans of Janet, and they are going to have their big debut on the faith factor show playing uh, their song. Their song is called breaking out. Would you like to know who sang it in the original movie?
1: Oh, absolutely. Who sang it?
0: Rocky sang it. Uh, which makes sense because first of all, the song is called despite being what I said, a coming out song, there is thematic elements of being the Rocky horror picture show. Um, because Rocky is singing it, this movie is called Rocky Horror Shows His Heels. So the first lines are, "I know how it feels to be cooling my heels. I've been down on them long enough." And then also, also he's digging supposed to visually be digging himself out of the rubble with his with with uh, the body of Frank during this sequence. So <laughs> literally breaking out. And also, this would have been the uh, this would have been the opening song to Rocky Horror Shows His Heels.
1: Ah, okay. It was. It was just a yeah. Yeah. Like you said, it was just an odd song. It was odd choreography. um, Not not a highlight. And we're like coming up to the end here. And but it it does. It does kind of get made up for it here. So um, there's a couple little shtick jokes that are happening at this at this uh, reveal before the live before the special show. Yeah, and at this point, pretty funny.
0: Yeah, and at this point, Janet has just been drugged into like being like a, a walking mannequin. At this point, she's not really aware of what she's doing. And, um, uh, but I, I was reminded of in line, I forgot later. She's wearing like a white version of the black dress earlier, but I, I was, I, I forgot that when she's talking with her parents, um, he's her dad's like, I don't like this look on you, right? It's too revealing, and she's like, Well, I can't wear any underwear, daddy. It would spoil the line,
1: <laughs> yeah. That was a great that one, was,
0: that was a good one, but I, I did kind of forget also there. They do insert a thematic element into breaking out in this one, and that is that uh, judge, uh, the judge and Betty break Brad out so that right. he, they can go stop Fairly Flavors, and so. They come crashing into, well, Fairly Flavors now walks out on stage to talk about his new thing. And it's
1: kind of fashion. Well, well, at first, they, they introduced the president, which was a hilarious little short joke that they threw in there. They're like, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to bring out the president. And oh, this guy network. walks out. He's, <laughs> no, he's the president of the, of the, uh, of the, the auto dealership. Oh, well, that's <laughs> he's right. giving that's her right. a free car. <laughs> I don't know why. That was just funny to me.
0: It was that was a pretty good visual gag. It's one of the few good ones. And then his speech is kind of fashy. like his Brad breaks out and then after during this confrontation, Bert Schnick mentions uh, wanting, uh, mentions the Danube, and it's like, and they're like, "What did you say?" And he's like, "Just memories." Like explicitly, yeah. Bert Schnick is a Nazi. Yeah, <laughs> um, which is still a weird joke to keep coming back to. I gotta say, it's kind of strange. Yeah, they, they, they
1: seem to commit to that one. While that was going on, Brad managed to get broken out of jail completely. Uh, so Farley's up there talking about it. And um, there's this giant poster of Janet on there. And, um, <laughs> and Brad's kind of stumbling around and just falls and rips right through the poster. And then maybe my second or third favorite song. I'm not quite sure, but I really like this song.
0: The dual duet?
1: Se- yeah the duet that he does with himself but how it starts off it starts off with him just kind of speak singing i guess i I got a clip of it hang on
0: seducer (laughs) and who are you sir your twin
1: brother and your accuser brad arrest that man he's committed to our care i never signed your contract he's not going anywhere
0: Revenge, your twin, you tried to abuse her.
1: A ridiculous accusation. You forced me to refuse her. <laughs> then why did you choose her? Because of you, sir.
0: <laughs> it, was, it was
1: cool. I like that. It was, it was very, almost Shakespearean
0: in a way. Mm-hmm. I, I got like vibes of uh, like Meatloaf's "Bad Out of Hell too. Yeah. With, yeah. Uh, what's, what's the song? <laughs> uh, he took the words right out of her mouth where he's like on a hot summer's night. This one would have been sang by Riff Raff and Frank. Cause I think Riff Raff comes back to kill Frank. So the I don't know that it works. They definitely rewrote some of the lyrics for this one. Uh, but what happens next is there's a weird psychic duel or a hallucination in Fairly's mind. Maybe, I don't know where Brad and Fairly go back and forth dueling each other in song. And then it cuts back to the real world. And they've just been staring at each other the whole time.
1: <laughs> right.
0: And then fairly, well, actually you t- you tell the rest of this. Cause I, s- it's, it's very strange.
1: Um, take a crack. Yeah. Cause I don't know how to explain it.
0: Okay. So I think we just try to rush the ending.
1: Yeah. So, uh, all of a sudden Janet just decides she's going to just stay with Brad. Um, yeah. And so she goes, runs off with him.
0: And I, I, I still want to point out, I don't think the point of the Rocky horror picture show is that Brad and Janet are a couple that stays together. <laughs>
1: No, <laughs> but they stay together, I guess, at the end of this one. And, uh, Farley is just, uh, visually upset by it. So he grabs the blonde news reporter chick and just starts making out with her. Uh, Cosmo ends up grabbing the car keys and <laughs> tells his sister we've never owned a convertible before. And then they invite the whole audience to come down into Dentonvale mm-hmm. and, um, they hand everybody striped – you can't really tell what they are at first. They look like little striped shirts, mm-hmm. um, which it turns out later in just a couple of seconds that it is uh, striped straight jackets and they're all lined up the inside of this mental home wearing straight jackets. Then we've got – so we've got Janet and Brad and uh, our judge. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, Betty. And Betty. And, and
0: Oscar she, and the Bits.
1: yeah. And she ends up uh, hot wiring the car and they drive off stage.
0: Yeah. So this is what, <laughs> what happens here is they, just... is they open the doors to the studio and all of these people climb into the back of a car and drive off stage. You can tell this is the same problem that Greece had. They're like, fuck, how do we end this? Why don't they just drive a car off into the magical sunset?
1: Yeah.
0: It's the same thing. It's, more infuriating here than in Greece, though, because for whatever reason, it doesn't make any sense in Greece, but I'm not angry about it. But I'm a little angry about this because I'm like, what is on the other side of the doors in this world? Why are they all in a TV studio? What does any of this mean?
1: I mean, I guess, like, why didn't they just keep the car keys and drive off? Why did they need to do the hot wiring part? I guess it's just to make her look more like a badass because she's already like breaking people out of jail. But I, I don't know. It was It was... <laughs> yeah it's just there's so many like you said it just felt rushed all of a sudden they're like let's cram all this crap in we gotta wrap it up
0: yeah that's that's it it doesn't even have like a moral like at the end of rocky horror at least there's like a there's like a little epitaph where like the criminologist is like humans are just like twirling in the void lost in time and lost in space and lost in meaning in credits (laughs) Like, like rocky horror show ends on a real downer yeah. <laughs> uh, this movie doesn't. And I think that's, the, I think it's, I think it's Maybe worse for it, it. should. It should have. I don't know, man. What did you think? I, I thought the music was okay, but the, the movie, the movie had a couple of okay jokes in it but, and some okay performances, but mostly it, it just, it was underwritten and under and underdeveloped when they put it together. So all the concepts didn't gel well.
1: Yeah. And I mean, he's not, uh, um, uh, a well-established screenwriter. Mm. Um, this is his second screen. I mean, besides the play, which was just rewriting well, the, the play into the movie.
0: This is so, the second one. Or... Well, technically I guess it's his third script.
1: Well, okay. <laughs> so it's like,
0: uh, I don't
1: know, maybe get some feedback on it, <laughs> maybe. but it's, it's like, there's yeah, in, it's, in, it's... in pieces and in theory and in the songs, it's good. But then, Something is just missing, and it's not like it was acted poorly. It was
0: acted Take great. it there.
1: Yeah, and it's just—I was like, "What? What's missing? I don't know."
0: Yeah, I, there, it's, it's missing attitude. The Rocky Horror Picture Show has attitude. That's the problem. There, it, it has an attitude. It is transgressive. It is as transgressive as it could have been in the seventies. It is still pretty transgressive with what yeah. it is actually doing. Because, like, even though. Even though we, we've made it past discussing some of these things like like the actual stuff that is happening in the movie is like frankie's a murderer uh they all i don't know that they're cannibals because they're aliens but like 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 everything that can that you could that you could cast aspersions on people are doing it is purposely transgressing and saying fuck you uh, this movie doesn't do that mm. and that's why it doesn't attract the crowd of people that want to say fuck you to a society that is telling them to not be themselves. That's why the Rocky Horror Picture Show exists. So, yeah, it's, it's not weird enough. It's not weird enough. It's not campy enough. That's for mm-hmm. damn sure. Like, it, it's trying to be camp, but like, it's because, like, cause, like 50s camp done well is like hairspray or anything John Waters does, right? Mm-hmm. And there's there's still that spirit of like fuck you underneath all of the camp. Uh and there's none of that here. There's just no attitude. It's not doing anything. Like I you could tell it is a, it is written to be a sequel. Uh, I'm sorry, an equal.
1: An equal, yes. Yeah. Um I don't know, it's another one of those movies that upsets me with the potential.
0: Yeah. Because so what, would, <laughs> what would what would you change? Oh, in a way, I brought you here off your job. You think you can do it better? So here's your chance.
1: What would I change? Um. All right, so if we're doing the three things here, I would I would really really hone in and tighten up the TV show angle and have it be, you know, a whole like whole studio is the thing, and have each show as a separate entity instead of just all kind of meshing together into one thing. You know, or have it all just, you know, be a big mesh of a, of a living studio like Truman Show. Just kind of have it all like that. I just, I, I couldn't quite figure out how to work that TV angle better. I know there's a way to do it, but it's just not quite. It's it wasn't there for this movie at all. But there's got to be a way to do it. And and I, I, it, this was this was hard because there's like there's so many things that you could fix, but I could only do three. So <laughs> uh, that's
0: how you know you picked you picked the one that's really right for discussion.
1: So for yeah, so especially for that for that uh, that id song in that scene in particular, switch the outfits between Drop Dead Fred and the sexy nurse.
0: Mm, yeah, there you go.
1: Have Drop Dead Fred wear the little tiny skirt and have
0: him singing about his legs. I mean, that mean that's been funny. That's the only <laughs> way that line works.
1: That's really it. And he had a weird smirk on his face too. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, And then I think that the, the third thing, uh, make it more gay.
0: Yeah. That's, that's, (laughs) that's the problem. That is the fucking problem.
1: I think that's really what needs to happen with this movie.
0: Uh, all that said and done, there's a couple things I want to hit up. We do have a murder. She wrote connection.
1: Oh no shit.
0: Yeah. Clifty young, uh, playing Brad and fairly flavors. He has three uh three episodes in wow. 82 and 88 and in 1 and 92 all playing different people. He's in Murder Through the Looking Glass as uh Father Patrick Francis, I'm guessing he's a priest. He's in Coal Miner's Slaughter. <laughs> what a god. <laughs> that, that is a great name. <laughs> and he's in Badge of Honor in 92.
1: How how, how has the Polina Brothers not done a movie about that yet?
0: I don't know. <laughs>
1: Come on, Mark, get on it. I think Kirkendale could play a good role in there too. You
0: know, shock treatment goes on to fade into obscurity. Only Rocky Horror fans know it exists. So and we don't like it. So <laughs> it's 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 it doesn't really receive a lot of love. Like sometimes people say it's 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 underrated. I think that it is not without merit, but it doesn't have a lot of it. So uh, no, I don't think it's underrated.
1: Yeah, I mean I think it's it's one of those things that I I Bet a lot of people that really like it haven't actually watched it in 30 years. They just they they remember some of the concepts and they're like, yeah, that was cool. But it's like, yeah, because concept-wise, it's great. Acting-wise, it's great. Song-wise, mostly great. But it's just as a whole, it just doesn't
0: doesn't work. All right. So I think we're pushing our second longest episode, but um, We're not we're not a people to really comment on serious topics most of the time because we spend our time debating the artistic merits of Little Ninjas. But uh, if we're going to talk this much about Richard O'Brien, we should probably mention that he said a lot of fucked up shit recently. Um, oh, so Richard O'Brien um, is trans. Uh, he does identify as trans and third sex. Um, he, he does uh, use he him pronouns though, so that is why. We have done that throughout the re- the first part of this episode. The problem is, uh, last year and I think previously he did say, um, some things that I would consider to be transphobic, which is that he felt like, uh, trans people weren't their, uh, genders. So, uh, just putting that out there, he did say that, um, I official stance on the matter is that's fucking bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, So, you know, trans women are women, trans men are men, non-binary people are valid, trans rights are human rights, fuck TERFs. But uh, just putting it out there, he does say that. Um, He doesn't seem to, like, you know, there's a tendency to want to psychoanalyze because he's done a lot of, like, good things. So you're like, but he said what he said. So putting it out there, if that cast a pallor on you watching this movie, you know, I, I don't blame you, but if 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 you could separate that and you want to watch this movie it's okay um if it's putting a taste of bad taste with rocky in your mouth i would I don't, that's a bad way to say that uh, <laughs> shit the thing is the rocky horror picture show belongs to the people at this point and i think that it's still overall a good thing in the world but you know consume media responsibly you should be aware of uh, who the creator is
1: yeah and you really you are not missing much if you if you skip this <laughs> no
0: no as a matter of fact again the pitch for this movie is it you, you should just watch the rocky horror picture show
1: <laughs> uh yeah you could watch shock treatment twice or you can watch RRR go for <laughs> 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 or you can watch rocky horror twice no 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 your choice but uh yeah, I don't I don't I don't think this is anything that I would ever go back and actually watch again. Um you know, some of those songs are stuck in my damn head for a while now.
0: I like shock treatment. I like um I like lullaby, uh little black dress and bitching in the kitchen. Those are all good. I yeah. think that's okay.
1: Yeah. So it's got some good tunes. Uh just I'm- get the
0: get the soundtrack. Yeah, and never listen to you're looking at an ace. Just, just don't do it. <laughs> you're looking at an ace. Just, uh, just say no. God damn it, I should have clipped that. <laughs> do you have any other clips or any final words?
1: Um, no, no no real final words. I guess uh, you I mean, you almost answered every question I had about this. I'm still...
0: Uh, Does this bird belong to you? <laughs> I,
1: I still want to know who that damn bird belongs to and why she's screaming about it. Uh, so if you, the listening audience knows, then uh, go ahead and send us a message.
0: Well, please drop us a line if you do know. Uh, you can get us at FoundOnShelfPod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Letterboxd, FatLife, Gmail. Um, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please like and subscribe on which platform you have found us on. Let us know what you think of the show. Offer any suggestions or movies you'd like us to watch in the future. Uh, we will be uploading a little more frequently for spooky season, so catch a new episode on New Video Tuesday every week in the run-up to a Halloween. Uh, Dustin, do you have any final words for us?
1: <sighs> hmm. If you would really like to torture us, just email us and let us know what you think we should watch, and we will both watch it sight unseen. We'll be playing with fire. Yeah. Well, Absolute I mean, fire. You thought you're looking at a king, but you're looking at an ace.
0: Motherfucker.
1: <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, I think that about wraps it up, right? Yep, we're good. The <laughs> sun right.
0: never sets on those who ride into it. We just got it. that is entirely enough (laughs) Jesus Christ
1: although I like the uh I like the beginning of that outro there I think (laughs) that might have to be the end of our each episode